Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Emerald City Hockey post-game live. Unfortunately, it's after another Kraken loss. RJ, these are they're they're kind of starting to pile up. I guess the one thing we could say is at least this road trip's over. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the good side of things, right? The road trip's over. They get to come back home, albeit still with plenty of issues to work out. And it's the same things that we're seeing over and over again. Uh, you know, if you've made it for one of these post-game lives throughout the road trip, I, I guarantee you've heard some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. And honestly, I'm just kind of running out of things to say, given it's the same issues just keep coming up. I think a lot of us are in that same boat and we're, we're going to go through that over the course of the next hour or so. Um, I, will, I will say this, you know, Look, we're going to be real during this post-game live. There's going to have to be some tough conversations. There might be some stuff that we'll talk about that might be a little bit more positive than maybe some people want on the flip side. But just know, everybody, we always strive just to kind of, you know, sit, call it as it is and, and go through that stuff and, and go through it all with everybody. But I understand if there's a lot of people that are frustrated after this loss, RJ, frustrated by this road trip. And I don't know about you. When I'm frustrated, I like to try to channel that into something. And so that's why I thought this picture from Flatstick Pub, our wonderful sponsor to kick things off, was kind of perfect because this is the records, RJ, at the South Lake Union location. You got the mini golf record there. It's, it's 20. And then the employee record of 22. And then they also have the duffel board record so if anybody's feeling frustrated after this game, maybe you head out to a flat stick pub location. You take a look at their record board and you try to channel some of that frustration uh, that you're feeling watching some crack in hockey into, into breaking some records. I, I got, you know, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, go for the top spot. No, I think uh, the people who can kind of channel that frustration, the best are the ones, you know, the, especially in the athletic world, you know, the ones who do the best. So uh, go for it. If you're that kind of person. Yeah, exactly. You know, find find uh, maybe there's another table also going for the record. And you can stare them down like Shane Wright did the, the Canadians at the draft, RJ. Allegedly. He says he didn't do it. I, I as the reporter, I've got to, you know, insist that he didn't do it if that's what he says. <laughs> that's what he could say. All right. But a big shout out to Flatstick for for sponsoring these as always. Super chat here to kick us off with light. I stand. But I why what I said last game uh, is there. Uh, a follow-up one where let's see in here uh that if we that lost, if we tonight, lost tonight, hack, tonight, had to hack go. had to go yeah i mean look rj for the first time you and i texted during a game about this ab about the coaching situation and um what i had said what i had texted you was i i still think you know the road trip's over you've got a nice long homestand now and but i said if things don't go well during that homestand I don't think Hackstall's coaching by Christmas just because this it's the same issues again and again, RJ. Yeah. And this is the first time I've really entertained the idea that that actually might be a possibility after this game. I think, and I responded to you that I think Hackstall needs at least two wins on the homestand. It's a long homestand, six game homestand. Yeah. I think he's got a long leash, but if you don't get two wins out of that, I don't see how he makes it to Christmas. I just, they have to do something to turn things around. Right. And now here's here's the flip side of things. I really don't think this is all Hackstall's fault. Like, I, I'll go down with that boat if I have to. But like, I really, truly think a lot of the issues that the Kraken are dealing with right now, Hackstall's done as much as he can do, RJ. Like, that's another thing you and I talked about, right? He's had the practices where he's tried to talk to them. He's had the practices where he's yelled at them. He's shuffled the lines a million times. They've changed what they're trying to do on special teams. They've He's done all of the things that a coach can do. At some point, it's on the players to just not play sloppy, to not turn over the puck in their own zone 
to score if they're being paid a lot of money to score and to have the effort right like that is something that players control and right now that's been the biggest problem this season with the kraken i just don't know how much of this is really on hackstall even if he's the person that might have to be the fall guy for it yeah, and I, I wouldn't go as far as you do, but I think we're generally on the same page with this, that the majority of it lies on the players at this point. Dave Haxtall has pushed about 90% of the buttons, I think, that an NHL head coach can push when a team is struggling. You know, he hasn't done the full break glass in case of emergency things, like maybe benching a star player, you know, maybe just, you know, taking, a, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, like a Jordan Everly or something, just sitting him for a game. I was say, who do, you, who do you single out? It's like a group effort of not playing That's well. right. There's nobody obvious there. Like, I, it's everybody. And so then, you know, making one guy the fall guy, especially a veteran player like that, it's tough to do or, you know, make, maybe making a change on defense. But I, I don't know that he has reason to believe that inserting Megna into this situation is going to fix anything. You know, I, yeah. I, would, I don't think it is. Um, so he's really limited as far as what else he can do. Um, and then, you know, I guess whatever message you want to give the team behind the scenes, yell at the guys, whatever. But it seems like he's already kind of done that. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting practice on Wednesday when they come back. Like, what does that practice even look like? I mean, you know, do you bag skate the guys? But I, how does that help you not do defensive zone turnovers? I, I don't know. I, exactly. That's that's where I'm at. And that's where it's just kind of one of those. Uh, he's He's got his work cut out for him. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I wish I had answers and I just don't. Uh, another super chat here from Gary. Thank you for being here after each game, everyone. I really appreciate all the comments and ECH coverage on tough losses like tonight. Uh, the little cheers emoji there. I always appreciate uh, you, Gary, and everybody else for joining us for these. I mean, it, it really does turn into a therapy session. We're able to work through everything together. Trust me, it helps us just as much as it helps everybody in the comment section right rj yep absolutely and there was a tweet i saw earlier today i think it was from like 2019 or something it's from a, an account acting the fooliman which is yeah it's a funny tweets on twitter but it's it's mostly it was meant about the leafs but it's like why does everyone think that being a sports fan is about like you know your team's gonna win and you're gonna have a fun time no it's about being sad together in a group it is it is i mean that's the community aspect of sports you're you're there together to celebrate the wins you're there to pick each other up after the losses you don't always want to be picking each other up after losses uh, for too long but that is that is the community aspect and part of what makes sports great so that's a good super chat there gary thank you very much and then a super chat here from schultz three sop sloppy turnover gifted goals grew hung out to dry need to make changes how can you keep the same d pairs and only shuffle forwards hashtag give magna a go i mean there you go rj right there somebody with the super chat calling for for magna to be inserted in a lineup i do think we are at that point that is one of the few things that hackstall has not done he shuffled the forward lines a ton has not looked at those d pairs if you were to look at the d pairs rj what would you do would it be bringing in magna or would you just shuffle the existing six guys around yeah i mean maybe it's a good question right i'm starting yeah. to think like dunn larson I, I feel like you probably still want to keep that together. Maybe you do shuffle that. Actually, you know what? I would at shuffle this that. Point, I, you know what? I Yeah, that yeah I think you do want to shuffle that. And then I would take Dumoulin out and put Magna in just to see what Magna has, what he can offer you. Give him a third pairing role. Don't play him too much in that first game. Just let him kind of ease in. Um, but I guess, I mean, do you have D pairs in mind, Dylan? Uh, well, I was just thinking about that, but I think Vince Dunn's been struggling. I mean, he's he's been good offensively. He's good on the power play, but I would still switch him around. Uh, if I'm bringing in Megna for somebody, I know Dumoulin's kind of back on a you know down dip from where he was. He'd started the season, but then he was getting better. Will Borgen is playing 
really rough right now. The, the he, talk about adventures going on, wandering around. I don't know where he was on this first goal tonight, RJ. I would consider bringing in Magna for Will Borgen personally. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, the reason I went with Dumoulin is because the left side, right side thing. But, you know, Magna, know. You, you can have somebody can go over both, and play the yes. right. Like, it's possible um, you can do it. But I yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a tough one, but I do think that I would I would shuffle things around. Uh, I it look what what could it break at this point? What, yeah. Right, like it's not going to make things worse realistically. But yes, it's it's tough because it was another strong performance from Grubauer RJ. Just too many times where the Canadians just had numbers in front. They had open opportunities. They like they were just able to get to all the prime scoring areas and pick them apart. Right. I mean, it should have been at least three nothing after the first period. Credit to Philip Grubauer for keeping the Kraken in the game. Even late, too, he made some big saves. I mean, this was certainly not on him. Anyone who watched the first period would know that. Um, yeah, I just I feel bad for him at this point. Like the D just can't get it together. And I'm seeing people um, in chat here toward the bottom talking about what about Riker Evans? People talk about Evans, Kale Flurry, maybe bringing someone up from Coachella Valley. I, what do you think about that idea, Dylan? Well, it's the same thing like with Shane Wright. Do you want to insert a young player into this situation and environment right now? Right? Like, I don't, I don't know that that's the best thing for a Riker Evans, just like I don't know that's the best thing for a Shane Wright. Now, if we're talking a month from now, right, or when the calendar changes and we're in 2024 and the Kraken, if they were bad on the homestand, whether or not Hackstall's still coach, but the season looks kind of lost at that point then maybe you can start transitioning and you can make it about getting young players NHL experience, getting them ready so that they can hit the ground running next year. But right now, I mean, I, I talked about this on the last Prospect Live chat. Riker Evans is still struggling with picking up some defensive coverage things. I don't think he is really the answer on the back end to the defensive lapses that the Kraken are dealing with right now. I think you're going to see him, you know, make a lot of rookie mistakes and a lot of the similar mistakes that the guys are already making. Would he help out the power play a little bit? Yeah, he would, but I don't know that it would be enough to offset stuff on the back end or potentially wrecking his confidence just because he's he might be added to a team that right now is loosely in a death spiral <laughs> yeah and i think we're seeing a lot of agreement in chat here shoeshine yeah evans takes ten thousand penalties a game still he's not ready you know nicole b uh burnt all kind of agreeing there's no big solution in coachella valley for this yeah although um, jenna for... likes the idea of bringing up flurry I, you could bring up Kale Fleury. I mean, he has nhl experience he's been around I, he would be an option i don't know what do you what do you think about that I, I mean, he does, you know, play on the right side too. So I guess there's that if you want to take out a Will Borgen, but I mean, he's certainly not going to solve everything with this team. The problems are so, so much deeper than that. They are. They are. Uh, Sergey here with the super chat. Can we just call up the whole Coachella team and send those Kraken boys down to work on stuff? That would be cool. Unrealistic. Yeah, it's a little, probably not going to happen. Uh, that would be a heck of a waivers day though, RJ. Let me tell you, NHL GMs would be very much uh, confused trying to figure out what they could do. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one right now because there are, it does feel like there are guys on this roster right now, RJ, where working at an AHL level would be really good for them or I mean I don't know like they're good players like on paper these are good players that are struggling it's just they're all struggling together and they're not seeming to find a way to work themselves out of it and that's just so unusual yeah I mean can we use the whole like conditioning loan loophole to just kind of rotate them <laughs> one by one down have Dan and Jess work with them for a week and send them back up I don't know can, can we do that I don't think any team's really done that before 
even if you even if you did like let's say you did find a way to do that uh and the and the league and everybody wasn't totally on you it would take too long right like by the time yeah. you cycle through like six guys you're talking six weeks from now it might not matter uh that's the that's the problem um but yeah it's 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 a tough situation they're in right now. Nicole, echoing your sentiments from the beginning, I feel like there's nothing new to talk about. How many, how many times can we go over the same thing? I guess the one the one benefit of this game, RJ, compared to some of the other games on this road trip, or at least the exception of that Blackhawks game and maybe the Toronto game, is that this team really did turn it around at about the halfway point, right? They played the second half of that second period very strong. They came out and they played the third period strong, right? They were able to get two goals back, make it a one-goal hockey game late there. I mean, that is a positive. They did not they did not quit. They did not give up. The effort was there late in the game. It just wasn't quite enough to make up for some of the lapses they had earlier. Right, and I think that is worth talking about. About the halfway mark of the second period, the Kraken did kind of wake up. And if you look at the McCann goal, maybe four minutes or so before that, like that whole time, they were just cycling in the offensive zone, mm -hmm. playing dominant hockey, just puck possession, getting looks at the net. And so you could feel that goal coming for them to get back into the game. And you know they are able to get another one in the third period to kind of claw their way back. But at the end of the day, it's just too little too late. And you, you have to know that too. The Kraken put themselves down three, nothing, and they have never come back from a three goal deficit to win a hockey game never in franchise history. So you can't count on there being a franchise first comeback, uh, you know, in, in a game where you just decide to wake up late. So um, against Montreal, against some of these teams, because look, the Habs aren't a great team. They're yeah. really not. Sometimes you can get away with a 30 minute effort and still win a game, but you cannot count on it. Certainly not in the situation the Kraken are in right now. No. And you know, there, there's positives, right? You think about that McCann goal at the beginning and what, what is it that about that play that was able to finally work for the Kraken and you were able to get a, a McCann with that much time and space where he's able to just totally pick apart a goaltender. And I go back to player movement, right? The amount of player movement on that play, you just got to the point where the Montreal Canadians had no idea what was going on anymore, right? You, you look at their defense, they just clump up in the slot because they don't know what to do. Their, their coverage assignments are all blown because they've been trying to track and hand off guys. And it's just been a total, you know, cluster F for them, that entire sequence, which was all amazing work from the Kraken. This is something I talked about a lot um, back in season one. What I wish we would see from them on the power play was instead of puck movement, go with player movement because it's really hard for teams to constantly be passing off defensive coverages at some point somebody will get open and have time and space and if you're the Kraken and you have a lot of these really skilled players you have a bunch of 20 25 plus goal scorers on this team a bunch of forwards you're playing paying five million dollars to if you can get them the time and space where they're able to choose their shot like McCann was there you can score goals. That is a recipe for success. I would love to see the Kraken maybe do that, adjust what their cycle game is to instead of cycling the puck, cycle the players who have the puck around. Try to really force the defense to, to play some elite defense where they can pass off coverage or play man-to-man -man and really make sure everybody's sticking with each other and they're not getting lost which is really difficult to do, even at the NHL level. I would love to see the Kraken do that more. Otherwise, this was the first game in a while, RJ, really since the Sharks game, that if you go on Money Puck and you look at their shot chart, there's a bunch of big bubbles in and around the crease where they were getting in low, they were getting high percentage, you know, high danger chances. I I'm very happy to see that again for the Kraken. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the power play too. And I thought by the last power play, they really did kind of figure it out with the player movement. I thought yep. that was really important. It ended up resulting in the done goal, but you rewind about a minute before that. And I love the play where they were having Jared McCann kind of move up top instead of like go down low into his shooting spot. He was moving up top toward the blue line, which, and then uh, Jordan Eberle was kind of kicking out to the side and they'd move the puck down low to Eberle and kind of create this two-on-one look down low. They weren't able to connect on the pass across. Eberle had a shot that didn't work out, but I like the varied looks and Everly had a ton of time and space. What I'd yeah. want to see though, is like the third forward, just kind of come in, try and jump into the high slot, give Everly two options instead of one harder to take away. But the player movement was opening things up. You just got to have that last piece there. Exactly. Uh, and th th that's something they could work on. Like that is something you can practice. You could work on in morning skates. You can talk about in team meetings. That is a, a direction for them to go that they haven't explored yet. And I guess if you are Hackstall, that's something to, to, you know, look at, uh, Ryan, I want to feel good about battling back, but I just can't, when you lose your fifth straight, most of these games against beatable teams, I look at the homestand RJ and I see some beatable teams on there as well. And even some of the better teams, you look at the LA Kings, right? But the Kraken historically have been pretty good against the Kings. So I, I think that that's one where this homestand is really going to decide a lot of how the season's going to go. I would argue it will decide how the season goes. If they have a good homestand, the season, I think, you know, the sky's the limit from there as far as them being able to potentially get to the playoffs and stuff. Um, but if it's a, if it's a rough homestand, I think that's where, where everything's going to come down to. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And it's a, a mix of some good opponents, some not so good opponents. It's, it's really going to be a little bit of everything for them on that homestand. It's all just going to depend on how the crack can play. Yep. Um, let's see. B bright side. Groovy looked great. Dark side, pretty much literally everything else. <laughs> I mean, there's, there was the comeback there. Um, let's see, Christian. I said in the beginning of the game, I was going to say, I think we suck. Then they get better, but not enough seems to just be more of the same. I mean, it is a weird place. The Kraken are stuck in RJ where none of us can really just say and kind of like, you know, okay, this is kind of it, right? Because they do have these these stretches where they play really well or they bring out a different look or you see how skilled they can be. And I think that's part of it for everybody is just that they're they're giving us just enough that they're keeping us right in that place where we can have our hopes dashed on a nightly basis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think we're at really the point where we can say that this is this is a bad team. They're just playing really bad and they need to figure out some things that makes it all the more frustrating. I feel like we've said that a few games in a row now, but that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Bert Krem, I know we talked about the idea of maybe benching somebody. Bert Krem saying Maddie should be benched for multiple turnovers. Maddie has been playing. I mean, this might be the, the worst stretch of NHL hockey Maddie's been playing lately. I'd agree I with that. Say. Yeah, and especially tonight. I mean, this is this is probably you know, top three or four, like worst game I've seen from him in his short NHL career. The turnovers were just, were just awful, especially in the first period. And you really can point to him after this one. And I, I know it's tough. I know he's a young player still trying, you know, kind of taking his lumps in the NHL, but this was just a flat out rough game. And I, I wouldn't want to, bench him just because knowing that would what should do to his confidence also because it's a group effort like if everybody else yes. is firing on all cylinders and he's just letting the team down with turnovers then maybe you can think about it but to single him out as the guy after that i i think it's got to lay on some of the veterans first i agree with that uh maddie i'm sad all i want for christmas is a crack and win and maybe a winter classic jersey <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's gonna be lots on of everyone's list those. feels like yeah I, I would say so um jessica seriously poor grew uh nicole i really think they need to start uh, scratching players just to wake him up maybe not forwards right now because we're running low but put magna in for a game so echoing what we talked about 
earlier on there. Um, the base six, that's a name I haven't said on here lately. Good to see you again. Uh, effort is there. Execution is not too many mistakes against bad teams. I mean, I would argue some of the defensive problems are effort issues like like just whether it's net front focus rj we saw that again with the dumoulin play with tanner pearson was able just to kind of win that battle net front or with some of the the turnovers from maddie i, I would some of that is effort yeah. stuff i know it's hard kind of splitting hairs there with like effort or focus because like you look at the yeah. dumoulin play like that's focus I, I don't i honestly don't believe he's too lazy to go take away his man's stick there he's just not thinking about it it's just he doesn't have the presence of mind to be like, oh, yeah, I need to tie this guy up, take away his stick. If, if that thought crosses his mind, he does it and that goal doesn't happen. It, that one was such an interesting one because, you know, the first goal, it's like, OK, where is everybody? It's a turnover for one. And then it's yeah. a where is Will Borg and he should kind of have been there. And then you look at the power play goal for for um, John Monaghan and it was just like a, you know. Again, why are you letting teams pass there of all places on the power play? Like you really need to cover those lanes. But that one, that Tanner Pearson goal, that second goal for Montreal, RJ, was so interesting because that's the first goal in a while where the Kraken have had two defensemen at home and they're both engaged with the players in front of Grubauer. And they just, even still, it just wasn't enough. <laughs> They were exactly where they needed to be, but you just have to take that stick off the ice. It's the final piece of defending in that kind of situation. It is. No, you're, you're a thousand percent right. It was just kind of like one of those, we, we got what we were hoping for and then it just wasn't enough. And you're just like, come on. Uh, Light with another super chat here. Really appreciate it. I truly hope that Ron, who I don't think is to blame for this, is making calls for Wenny and is going to bring up Shane. He has earned his spot here. Again, I think, they're, I think they're going to wait. I think the right thing to do would be to wait here and and let the homestand play out maybe the rest of this month, and then you re reevaluate things post-Winter Classic. Yeah, I think so too. Give it the homestand, and, and then if that doesn't go well, then you know all, all options can be on the table. Definitely. Evan, hello from Montreal. Wish tonight went better. Yeah, uh, I know. I don't know if you were at the game, Evan, but we had several people who were on this road trip following the team, RJ. They've been emailing us or yep. people on Twitter letting us know, in the Discord letting us know. And uh, sorry, everybody. I hope you had fun on the road trip, seeing all the sights. Montreal looked beautiful. All the stuff that they had, all the shots Root Sports was saying, the snow, it all looked gorgeous. I hope you're able to get lots of pictures and enjoy that stuff because unfortunately the games weren't um, probably the highlight. Yeah, hope you hope you had some good food in Montreal there. I know they've got a lot of it there. Jeff Baker always tells me how, how much good food they have in Montreal. So hope you got to partake in that. <laughs> he, would, he would be the first person to tell us. Uh, Joyful, anyone notice a different vibe from the coaching staff today? I'm wondering if words were exchanged between Ron Francis and Hackstall. And if not, what would it take for those conversations to take place? I, I get the sense, RJ, that those, those, those two talk a lot about things i feel like there's always kind of an open dialogue between the two i don't know that it would ever be a situation where it's like ron francis as the boss coming down on hackstall about something i feel like it's something where they really work together a lot to to figure things out yeah that's absolutely the sense i get from kind of being around things a little bit more too is there's a lot of communication a lot of dialogue between those two it, yeah it wouldn't be a situation where all of a sudden ron comes down and gives them a talking to because like they probably talked yesterday you know yeah uh, especially on these road trips where everybody's traveling, you're, you know, you're all 
together for all of that and everything. It really lends itself to having those conversations. Um, let's see. Uh, I really don't like the coach carousel ideas, but it's hard to see any systems or meaningful positive impact hack is having on this team right now. Again, I would say, I don't know that any coach would at the moment, just given the way some of the stuff's going. Um, let's see. Uh, B, I want to say if we pulled the Blue Jackets and waved Maddie for a bit like they did Johnson, but do we even have the center depth to cover that other than right? No, I, I don't know that we could do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, uh, is he still, is he still waivers exempt? Maddie? Yeah. He sh- no, he's I mean, played he's too his, many games, right? Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, he's on his ELC still, but it's possible that the stuff from that first year is what does what yeah, he is he is waivers exempt so okay, you, so you could. could send him down to coachella valley and <laughs> just have him could you imagine maddie and coachella but just lighting it up like four or five points a night i feel like yeah but you know what then it might only take a week or so three or four games and he might he might have his mojo back i don't know um Let's see. Hockey Fork. I'm not frustrated. Kind of expected it. Kraken games are on in the background while I do dishes at this point. I saw some some of that stuff uh, down uh, in the Discord as well tonight. Um, I think, you know, again, this one, last game of the of the road trip, I get that. I think we can kind of all do a reset, and hopefully the team does too for the homestand. That's where I'm at anyway. Yeah, um, no, I, I think it's about right. Yeah. I'm still thinking about Maddie and Shane playing together in Coachella Valley for just a couple I, games and how nuts that would be. It's it would be insane. Um, Vaiharan, do you still have a positive opinion of Jay Leach? Now, this is interesting. We haven't talked about Jay Leach at all this year, really, RJ. That's a um, good question. It's a really good question. This is going to be something that maybe is better left for tomorrow when we record the deep dive. But for right now, I mean, look, he did great work with the PK last year. He's done a, a lot of great work with the defensemen. It looks like, yeah, you might need to go back to the drawing board right now, though. Yeah, I mean, the results just, you know, they kind of speak for themselves at this point this season. I don't think you're seeing, you're seeing the defensemen get any better. I, maybe, is this like a head coach? You only see usually see it with head coaches, but like, is the message wearing off? You don't usually talk about that for assistant coaches or positional coaches, but maybe that's something to think about. And I know um, that a lot of defensemen too mentioned that he was a really good developer and kind of developing the young guys. And there's really not a whole lot of that to be done on this blue line. You know, with these six guys, it kind of is what it is. And, you know, not <laughs> they don't really have many young guys anymore. I guess he's still working with Megna all the time after practice, but, you know, that, there's not much you can do there. I don't know. It's true. I mean, as you add in veterans like a Justin Schultz, a Brian Dumoulin, I mean, they don't they don't need to be developed as much. Right. Like that's that's where your job as a coach kind of shifts as far as what you're doing from development to, you know, working with them, studying film with them, working on those other things, um, being more uh, helping them get ready for individual matchups rather than helping them with the larger picture stuff. It's entirely possible that his strengths lie with the bigger picture concepts and developing. That wouldn't surprise me at all. That's that's still a very valuable skill set for a coach. It's just, yeah, maybe that's not lining up right now with what the Kraken need. And now that I think of it too, uh, the times where the players have spoken the most highly of him, where they really heard his praises from players, it was the Flurry brothers. It was Riker Evans. It was Ty Nell. Like after dev camp, you know, those are younger guys that he's working with. 
exactly so maybe there is something there to there to be explored a little bit jules with the super chat here really appreciate it do we know if the kraken are still playing mario kart together seems their chemistry has changed with each other since the geek squad left rj is it is it just that simple they just need somebody in there to get them playing more video games it might be that simple. I will say I haven't heard anybody like casually talk about Mario Kart in the room this year. Whereas last year I'd hear the guys kind of, it was, it was, it was mostly between like Maddie and geeky and then sometimes Borgen involved and, you know, them kind of, uh, you know, debating about their Mario Kart skills and, and the last tournament or whatever. But I don't hear that anymore this year. They may still be playing Mario Kart with each other, but I, I do wonder if they're playing it less. Yes. And you know what, if, if focus is the problem, I mean, video games are good for that. Like, that's one of the things video games can really help you out with, especially a video game like Mario Kart, RJ. You've got to be dialed in and focused through that. Like, you can't you can't kind of half-ass it. Not going to work. Not going to go out yep. well for you. We all know that. Uh, Coop here with the super chat. Appreciate it. I don't think Maddie needs benching or any punishment. I think all of the guys on the team uh, knows he's messing up. Uh, he cares. Oh, oh, yeah. What? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, like, of he, all the guys on the team, he yes, knows he's of all messing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he knows yeah. he's messing up. Uh, he cares a bunch of guys uh, for effort issues, not mistakes while trying his hardest, in my opinion. Look, I agree with that. We've talked about his leadership capabilities, RJ. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, hockey players, especially by the time you get to the NHL, you you know these things. Yeah. And, and these are professional athletes. They tend to be the toughest critics of themselves. Absolutely. And and that's certainly the case for Maddie Beneers. And it's a sense you get from being around, you know, after practices and whatnot, especially if something's not going well, the team's not doing well. Maddie cares a whole lot and often he's his own toughest critic. And so you're right. He absolutely knows. And I don't think benching him would, you know, would tell, would tell him anything that he doesn't know about his own game right now. Um, yeah. I letting him tear it up in Coachella Valley though. <laughs> an option uh before i do i'm gonna do a, a jump in the comments here to go down lower because everybody's really been active in there but before i do uh just kind of going back to the earlier conversations hockey fork that's the definition of losing the room and shoeshine hackstall having done everything he can do and they're still not producing is precisely why it's time for him to go he can't get through to them time for a change those are the, the situations where you do start to see changes rj and it does i mean as we're talking about it that is i guess you know the conclusion to draw yeah, and I mean, we you talked about it with me a little bit on uh, on Red Glare, you know, in, in regards to the Minnesota situation, talking about, you know, when guys just feel like the message isn't getting across or for what, one reason or yep. another, you know, players that are maybe better on paper than what the results are will sometimes play that way if, if you just can't reach them or they're kind of tired of, of message from a certain person. So it's certainly possible. Yep. Storm K here. Only valid critique, in my opinion, of Hackstall is defensive play in all three seasons, which has not been great. Outscored some defensive problems last year. Is that the players coaching or both? I mean, we've touched on it a little bit. I guess that is one of the things to talk about. And look, this is also a product of being an expansion team, right? Defense is the hardest thing to try to cobble together for an expansion team, even in the new world expansion draft format, right? Because you're you're essentially getting a bunch of fourth defensemen off of a team, given how teams could protect their top you know, group of guys. And so while I don't, you know, I, do, I think there's good defensemen on this Kraken roster and they've been able to add through free agency and stuff. It is one of those things where when we do look at them, on paper, RJ, defense, you know, they they lack the guy. We've talked about that. You have Vince Dunn, but he's more of an offensively minded guy. Um, I, I do think this is just one of those things where that's 
that was going to be the thing they were always going to struggle with just because of how they came to be. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have an elite defenseman. I think we need to realize that. They're asking Vince Dunn and Adam Larson to do that job. And you know what? They're doing a pretty good impression, like given who they are and where they're at, they're doing a pretty good impression of like a, a number one D pair of two elite guys. But I think they're just a little step below that. Um, and so that creates some problems. But also as far as like outscoring their defensive issues, I could see this maybe last season with their team. Maybe you get a, a goal from the fourth line, you know, in the second period or something that chips in. And all of a sudden, you know, they're able to tie the game 3-3 and you can win it in overtime. Just that little bit of extra scoring. This feels like one of those games where yeah. last season's team would probably be able to outscore their problems. I know. It's just... I. But they're not I, last season's team. This is a different right. team. Yes, they, they are a different team. It's just one of those where it's like, how much of this is like, how much of that was ever realistic to just be expecting your fourth line to contribute in that way, right? Like, no, I mean, it's unsustainable. At some, I, at, I know at some point it's on the guys that you're paying and, and have produced in the past to continue to produce. And right now, Jared McCann's the only one that is. Like that, that's yeah. still a problem, right? Like if they were all still playing this bad and you still had the fourth line from last year, you'd have maybe a couple more wins, but you still would be a borderline playoff team. And, and it would still be the problem of not getting the production from the guys further up on the roster. Like I, I, I know it's, it's, we've all, we all keep coming back to that fourth line thing, but I, even last year, there was a handful of guys in that upper group that weren't really producing that the fourth line was covering for you I don't think it's sustainable to be asking the fourth line to always be covering for them. Yeah, no, it's it's really not. Um, and I see the comments here at the bottom of the chat about like, don't send Maddie down. I, I agree with that, by the way. I was joking about sending yes. him down. I wasn't serious. Yes. Um, let's see. Lindsay, as much as I don't want to, I might need to stop watching the Kraken live for my mental health. The team baffles me with how far they've fallen from last season. So, I mean, I would, uh, look, I understand where you're coming from, Lindsay. I would still say like, we should all keep watching the crack and they still deserve our support. All of that good stuff. I still enjoy it. I'll, well, I have to watch for all this, but I would watch anyway, just because um, I'm still a fan, but it is one of those things where I think if you would, if we start adjusting our expectations away, away from where last season's team left them, RJ, I think this all becomes different, right? We're watching these games through a different lens. And I'm just wondering if it's one of those things where, if they do lose a bunch on the homestand and they kind of look out of it, I wonder if that's something that does change is once we think the season's kind of over, we start looking at it through a different lens and we start instead of maybe always noticing the turnovers and that kind of stuff, we start picking up on the good plays or the good things that the younger guys are doing just because that's, you know, we're, we're already, we've changed our thinking. We already thinking we're out of it. Yeah. And I was thinking about that a little bit during the game today of just like, what if this season and last season were flipped? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you know, if, if this was kind of the start and even if it continues on this way and they kind of finish around where they do in the standings, if this was year two, where I think a lot of people might be okay with the, the level of progress and you're, you're seeing kind of the bumps along the way. And then, you know, year three is like everything comes together and you kind of take off. I feel like that would make a little bit more sense. Um, yeah. And I feel like people wouldn't, you know, maybe be as down right now, but, you know, unfortunately it kind of turned out the way it did where it, it feels like a big step down. I mean, it is. Can't make no mistake. Well, it yes, is, it too. is. Like the expectation at the very least has to be to make the playoffs. Like, if, yeah. you know, that's a fair expectation, you know? Yeah. And so, so I don't want to, you know, say that that's, you know, not what we should be expecting, but, um, you know, 
I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you're right. Like it is, it's one of those things to have that expectation, but at some point it's, we can start like turning that page and then I yeah, think things I actually get easier to, as a viewing experience kind of thing. Right. Like that's, that's where you can just start having fun with it. It's not like, Oh my gosh, we need the two points tonight because we need to stay within X amount of points of the coyotes or whatever. Right. Like it, it becomes just, I'm watching this because I just enjoy watching hockey. And that's a very different viewing experience than what we're kind of having to do right now. And, uh, yeah. and I think that's where some of that joy can come back into it when the team is struggling. Um, on onslaught, I agree we're a bottom team. No last minute trade is going to fix this. Acknowledge and love the year we had, but it was a one-off. Clearly, let's call this team what it is, a building team. And that's that's where they are at, right? And to, to your point, RJ, they maybe are doing it a little out of order, but it is still a team that's trying to build their long-term identity, their long-term core of players. We've talked about it many times, right? Guys like Jordan Eberle's contracts up at the end of the year, Wenberg's contracts up at the end of the year, Yanni Gord's only under contract through next year, Brandon Tanev, same thing. They're their core group of guys and their identity for really the next decade and for what should be their long-term competitive window is Maddie Beneers. It's Shane Wright. It's Riker Evans. It's Vince Dunn. And not all those pieces are here and not all those pieces are ready yet. This is still a team that's, that's on its way to its final form rather than in it. And I think last year, that's again where the expectations skew things a little. Yeah, and I think more realistically, you could say that this is a team with a four to six year plan slash window, whatever you want to call it, instead of three to five. And year two was just weirdly ahead of schedule and, and a lot of things broke their way. Because again, looking at this team on paper, and I've talked about it in the armchair GM chats, like year four, that is the year where you're really able to load up and go for it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, we saw, you know, uh, Elliot Friedman putting out earlier what the cap's going to be next year, RJ. Uh, teams mm -hmm. can start looking at that. Fans, everybody, go go hop on Cap Friendly. You can start looking at that. Start working on things yourself, too. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason. Regardless of how the rest of the season goes, it's going to be an offseason where the Kraken, I think, are going to be pretty busy as they work around things. Um, let's see. Uh, Jenna, there's a couple comments in here regarding uh, bringing up Kale Fleury. Jenna's a big fan of that idea. Um, let's see. Uh, Bridgman, what about the GM? Feels like the organization should have seen through last season to see that maybe it was a fluke instead of extending Hackstall, signing Dumoulin, Belmar, etc. I don't know. I still like what they did. Like I said, the, the fourth line was going to be expensive to keep together. They were still only going to get fourth line minutes. And at some point, you can't have the fourth line be the thing you're counting on. Like it's, it's a fourth line for a reason. At some point you need the higher up guys to step up. Um, I understand. And this is something we talked about RJ, right? Like in August, you and I were doing a podcast saying last year, you had an exceptionally high shooting percentage. You can't count on that. What can you do to make sure that the team stays that level of competitive but counting on the fact that you're probably not going to score as many goals as you did, right? And we talked about the power play needs to be better. The PK needs to be better. You make up for it on special teams because they had a lot of room to grow there. This year's team is doing that to an extent. It's just that the rest of it fell off like way more than we were ever imagining. But I think that was the, the appropriate response, which and, and that would be the response of the team and the organization too, is you understand that that stuff can't continue, but you look for the other areas in which you can improve and, and to work around that kind of knowing it's coming. And I think the Kraken on paper put themselves in a position to do that. 
Right. I mean, you look at it now and the missing production is really coming from guys that were already for sure going to be in place for this season. You're not mm -hmm. moving a Maddie Beneers ahead of time thinking there might be a sophomore slump. You know, you're not moving a Bjorkstrand or anything like that. And as far as keeping Hackstall, like, you know, the guy was just a, a Jack Adams finalist and the extension didn't have to be done because he had another year left on his contract. But there's no salary cap for coaches. You can pay yep. as many coaches as you can fire and then bring on it's cheaper to get him extended after last season as opposed to this year if he has another good year. Then he, with his contract up, can go anywhere, can demand anything. you got to get that deal done, and then if need be, you can fire him. But you've got the money from ownership. You don't have to like you know rush into a decision there. Yep, exactly. Uh, Habaka fan of making a trade. Bring in Stamkos, some veteran leadership, goal scorer, scores big goals, give Wenny and some draft picks. I mean, I, I don't know that Tampa would be. If only Tampa would take that, yeah. Yes. Um, let's see, Jenna, and I say this lovingly, I really do, but I'd like to see if Maddie B, I'd like to see Maddie B grab a haircut and a shave and see if that lights a fire under his offense. Is it that simple, RJ? Do we need to go with like the reverse Samson approach for everybody? maybe i don't know it might make him a little bit lighter out there i don't know he, he does have pretty kind of like you know thick bushy hair maybe that is holding him back i don't know i don't know i mean look hey, no sideburns <laughs> get rid of those sideburns yes that's what'll do it it is one of those things where i i think if you are these players hockey players tend to be really superstitious these are the days in which you start looking at any you know rituals you have and maybe making some adjustments to them i think that that would make a sense and be okay personally uh <laughs> i'd love it if they if they go like go on a win streak if they like just sweep the homestand and turn things around I i'd love to like know and maybe ask around like all right guys like with any superstitions you switched up after the road trip like there's got to be something there's got to be something yes um here's something that n nobody's brought up, but I wanted to bring it up real quick. RJ was just how physical the team got in this one. And this is something that, you know, probably did come from Hackstall. And this is something that started more so in the second period, but the team started dishing out a lot of hits through the second half of that second period. And they kept it rolling a little bit into the third as well. Um, do you think that was just their idea of trying to get back to a simpler form of hockey, simplify the game, build energy and effort level, you know, just bring that up because when you are going out there to play physical, those things follow, right? Like you have to be on it. You have to be going in hard on the forecheck. You got to be back checking if you're going to levy out those hits. Do you think there is something to that? Yeah. I mean, the hitting helps you get engaged in a game. I mean, that's kind of the big positive of it. Uh, you know, you're not going out there trying to hurt anybody on the other team, but it just gets you into a hockey game where if we're honest, after the first period, a lot of guys weren't really in the game, it felt like. Um, mm -hmm. And so maybe that's a response there. And I, I'm seeing on Twitter here, like Jared McCann, he called the first period embarrassing. Uh, as an effort and, and said some of the veteran guys did speak up in the locker room during intermission. And so maybe that's one of the things that they kind of keyed in on of like, let's play the body a little bit, boys, you know, let's get into this game. Um, and I think that's a fine way to do it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The other thing I find interesting, 12 shots between Adam Larson and Vince Dunn tonight, RJ of the 33, the Kraken took interesting, maybe, maybe, you know, offense can come from it can come from every everywhere, right? Like that's fine, uh, but that's a lot to be coming from the back end, especially from those two. I do remember a couple sequences where it felt like back to back. Like L Larson would put one on net, the rebound would pop out, go to Dunn, he'd put one on net. A lot of shots from those two. It felt like their direction was just shoot everything you can at the net. Definitely. Um, here's one uh, here from Habak. Uh, looks like Tyson Berry might be available. Would he be a fit, RJ? 
Uh, he's not going to fix the defensive issues. I'll tell you that much. I mean, the Kraken already have a couple offensive guys and, you know, Vince Dunn, but also Justin Schultz. Like that would basically be the Justin Schultz replacement guy. And I don't know that he's a whole lot uh, better as much of an improvement that's like worth bringing in. Cause I I don't know, Dylan, has he gotten better defensively since like, you know, we know his reputation, right? I was going to say, I I'm trying to remember, I saw his J fresh card the other day and it, it was like, sub five percent defense so you know okay so it stayed that, <laughs> that was way. the okay. answer as lights pointing out tyson berry is infamous for his bad defense uh yeah, yeah. it's it's one of the first things i think of when i when i see uh his name unfortunately uh christian does the team have a sports psychologist maybe they need one jen is saying they do have mental health people on staff but don't recall the specifics we talked about this a little while ago rj don't think they have one specifically on staff but the players do have access to that stuff yeah, exactly. Not that I know of as far as one on staff, but we've heard from like Chris Drieger and other guys working with the sports psychologist kind of independently reaching out. Yeah. Uh, and then here's one from Schultz. This is a good question. Has there been a players only meeting yet? Oh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, that could be a, another step as the players getting together, especially as we talked about earlier, how a lot of this falls on the players. Like Hastel's pushed all the buttons he can push. At a certain point, the players have to go out there and earn it. And, you know, maybe a players only meeting is what kind of gets the guys going toward that end. Yeah. I And you know what? After a road trip like this, I could see something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I could. And if there was, we wouldn't necessarily know about it. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's see. Uh, especially if it was to happen on, a, on say, a road trip, that would be really hard yeah. to cover. Um, Ebbs has been a great Kraken, but like uh, that power play. Um, let's see. Uh, why should a defense respect? Why should a defense respect him and guard low if he constantly can't score by himself five yards away from the goal? I'd leave him alone, too, if I was against us. I mean, there's there's elements of that, but it's like I said, I would go to player movement and, and generate that time and space. It's one of those things where it does seem like teams know, and, and this is pretty much true for all power plays around the league, RJ. You know, you, you leave one specific guy open, but you know in the back of your mind that he's open, so you just rush to get If the puck starts moving that way, you just rush and get in the shooting lane and block the shot. Like, it's not really a danger. Yeah, and I, on that play, again, I'd love to see just the third forward come in and give him another option because at that point, Eberle's got two options take the low angle shot because he's, he's at a bad angle or try and make the pass across. And that's only one passing lane you have to take away. And the one defenseman left there takes it away. You have the extra man on the power play. You can work somebody into the high slot and not be vulnerable at all defensively. It's just the next evolution of that set play. I would like to see. Yes. Um, Pucks and pops. Winter classic is going to be ugly. Now here's something, and we haven't talked about it too much. I was going to talk about it tomorrow on the podcast, RJ, for everybody that might be looking at the Kraken's current struggles and worry, worry about the winter classic. And look, they are playing Vegas. Vegas is a good team. Historically speaking for the Kraken going up against the Golden Knights, there's reason to worry. I will say this. It's an outdoor game that throws everything out the window. Outdoor games are slower. I think that benefits the Kraken mightily, right? Vegas is a team that wants to beat you in transition. That's historically how they've beaten us. The outdoor games, ice is softer, might be a little wet, you know, it's a little sloggy, slushy. It slows the game down immensely. These are historically low-scoring battles that favors the Kraken in this matchup a lot, I feel like. I'm with you. If you're going to have to face Vegas, you want it to be outdoors. You want it to be where the conditions aren't quite normal. Uh, you know, that's going to help your odds, I think. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Bach, Jay Woodcroft, you are cracking. Sergio said, please know Woodcroft, we have Bilesma. Again, I just don't think Bilesma wants it. I think I think yep. he's happy in Coachella Valley. And given the work he's done there, I still I don't think I would move him from that. He's he's a good player development guy, and that's the place to do that. This Kraken team isn't really the place for it. Um Let's see. While having Shane for this game probably won't dramatically change the results, he's for he for sure wouldn't have any is effort issues against the Habs, especially from Sam. That's true, RJ. Yeah, no, and I think having him on the roster in this game, you know, maybe like and even in Belmar's place on the fourth line, you know, might have made enough of a difference to to get you a spark and potentially get you one extra goal. Um, but you, as you said earlier in this post game, right? Like, do you really want to bring him into this? Yeah, no, not yet. Not not until if in, until the organization decides to make a shift. Right. If you're eliminated and you don't have a chance, then there's going to be a shift in culture and you can. It won't be it won't feel as doom and gloom uh, yeah. traditionally anyway. Um, Alan, let's focus on your conversation about obtaining a star defenseman. The cap is supposed to increase another four point two million, much lower than anticipated. Does the strategy change on who to get in the offseason? Um, I mean, well, the, the cap raise is about, I mean, like at least through the armchair GMs or whatever, more or less what I'm projecting, but either way, the Kraken are going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to $11 million to work with. And for that amount of money, you can bring in just about anybody. There's not going to be a defenseman that's going to cost you any more than that, that you have a chance of acquiring in the NHL. So really you can bring in any one player you want. I know you, Dylan, think it should be a defenseman. I'm still in the camp of it maybe should be a forward. Um, but like that's what they're going to have to decide is who's the big acquisition. Well, look, I would be in favor of like a Willie Nylander, like a, just a pure goal scorer that is very consistent yeah. and proven that and could be like a steady offensive presence. I would I would 100% be on board with that. Otherwise, yeah, I think at some point you might need a defenseman that, that again, can be a steady, consistent presence on the back end to go alongside an Adam Larson, right? Like Adam Larson has been that for this team, but he's also had his struggles, especially this year. Uh, and so I, I do think that if you were to, say, invest a majority of that money into one player and you can't get a Willie Nylander, I would look at maybe on the back end. Um, but it's, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. That being said, this is where the benefit of having Shane Wright, Riker Evans, younger guys that can come in really help out a lot because they're going to be on cheap rookie deals, right? You've got team control for them for, for many seasons beyond just the, the end of that ELC. Um, it's one of those things that does free you up this upcoming offseason to really, for the first time, look at spending eight, nine, ten million dollars on a player in a way the Kraken have never had the opportunity to do so before. So that's exciting, at least, you know, that's <laughs> something. Yeah. In a way that Francis has never done before, too. I mean, he'll be navigating new waters. Yes, definitely. Um, let's see. Everybody talking about the uh, the 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 idea of sending Maddie down. To quote the boys, playoff pressers, we're playing for each other. This group is just showing up and playing. They aren't playing for anything. That's from Jenna. I mean, it's 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 interesting, RJ. That's something. I mean, we can't really speculate on. Only the players would know that. Um, but it's it's interesting to see conversations like that take place. Uh, yeah, see. I know it's fine. Uh, Edward, it'd be I'd be in favor of a team Mario Kart tournament. The way the season is going, they clearly need to switch things up. I would be all for that, too. I mean, I think the fans would really appreciate something like that, too. If, if they could do that sometime around the Winter Classic, boy, that would really get everybody fired up. Love, I mean, I know they went to it was like Piper and I think Root Sports was shooting something at Nintendo headquarters, right? Yeah. I mean, just have a big one there. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you can go back and do that, I got to imagine. Um, it's just froze on me. Let me there we go. Um, let's see. Uh, it's just more everybody back and forth on the whole idea of sending Maddie down. You really started something, RJ. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I was not serious about it. Yes. No, it's it's fine. I but you let's see. Uh Jessica, um, let's see. Not an elite defense. Never uh Adam Larson, not an elite defense, but those are fighting words. I he's borderline. <laughs> see, if Dylan's That's saying me. borderline, then, then we know he's not elite. That's for me. It's it's you know, it's unfortunate. I guess in today's NHL too, you could just look at the contracts defenseman sign. That will tell you a lot. Yeah, there's there's no elite defenseman being paid four million dollars on a non-ELC deal. No, uh, five and a half like Jacob Chikrin, though. I you know, sorry, Don't remind me. Sorry, I know Cook I is in here in chat reminding us that uh, no, that, no, that Chikrin really. was the one, but they whiffed. Yeah, it was after the conversation about like the one big ad. Yeah, uh, pucks and pops bringing up. You know, even McCann said they aren't going to surprise teams this season. Teams are going to be ready for them. Uh, that's that's still, I think, one of the things to come back around to. That's something the team talked about on this road trip um, to the national media, RJ. And so that's one where the time to change that would be having a little bit more off time as the schedule eases up for the Kraken, but also where you can really focus on things at home, having significant amount of time at KCI on non game days where you can really go over tape. You can go out there on the ice. You can practice through things. It's why, again, this homestand feels like the most important moment of the season, RJ. It's just what's going to happen this next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It'll be interesting to see how much they choose to practice during that time because it's a really packed schedule, too. I mean, they're playing more than every other day on that homestand. So not a whole lot of practices you can really throw in there, but I think they might just try and take advantage of being at home, at KCI, maybe even just run a couple short practices, maybe even after the back-to-back, just have a skate something. Um, mm -hmm. But it'll be interesting. I think they might go away from their normal practice schedule where normally I wouldn't expect them to practice like hardly at all in this homestand, but I think we'll see something different. Yeah, well, I yeah, I, I think so too. DDB, my weird and stupid fan theory is that Hack's hockey system is very counterable, which would explain the sudden fall off, even though the roster is largely the same. I mean, I, it's, that's basically what the team is talking about. That's what we were just talking about. And you're right. McCann talked about that. Players talked about that to Elliot Friedman. Uh, Hackstall himself talked about that, that teams were adjusting. And then it was on the crack and to kind of make that next adjustment on their, on their end as well. Um, so th it's not a stupid theory. Is I guess what I'm saying. Yep. You you are onto something potentially. Absurdly sane with the super chat here. Thank you very much. Reminder to like the stream even when we don't like the game result. It's a small price to pay for therapy. That's right. Uh, appreciate the, the the kind words there. Appreciate the super chat. They're absurdly sane uh, a lot. It does mean a lot. Um, all right, I'm just going to jump down to the bottom of chat here for the last five minutes or so. So, if, you know, there's tons of comments. If you really want something read, uh, consider this your, your um, uh, what's it called? The bar is going to close. Last call. Oh, there last call. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> consider this the last call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start going down there. Um, Habak Solution. Bill grew a horse barn in his backyard. Go on a 2019 Blues Cup run and just out goalie the other teams. Have not heard that yet, RJ. It's a fantastic idea. And you Love know what? It. Have the team come together and build it themselves, right? Talk about team, team building. Like team building exercise. That's what you do. <laughs> team building. Perfect. Yeah. And with a much more likable goalie than 2019. Yes, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> Jeez. 
pretty much the opposite temperament wise. Yes. Um, Coop, uh, you know, more conversations about Shane going on down here. Coop, I think the fans in the front office can be patient enough to let Shane fully finish cooking in the AHL. We'll all be so much better off. He's building so much, mo so much momentum. You don't want to rush it. I think we're both on, on board with that. RJ yep. Ryan, thank you so much for the super sticker. Really appreciate that. Um, light. I'm just saying Shane was, uh, Let's see. Not given a chance. He's been set up to succeed in Coachella Valley and is benefiting from it. Greed. There we go. Uh, B grew with horses in his backyard would be the first cracking goalie to crack a 905 season save percentage. It's entirely possible. I think we can all get on board with this idea. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, let's see. Ricky saying with Shane, he's got to learn at the NHL level. Get on with it. Hey, in the three games he was up here from an analytics perspective, best crack in the best cracking forward this season rj yeah that line was driving possession that fourth line with him and winterton i think it, it bode really well for the two of them but I, I still agree with coop you gotta let him finish cooking i mean he is i mean certainly you talk about let him cook i mean he's doing great in the ahl he is lighting it up down there i, I want to see a little bit more of that yes i i would and like i said you don't do that until the writing's really on the wall and and things are in that place but otherwise i'm in favor of yes late in the season bringing him up, getting him some reps at the NHL level. Don't worry about burning the year of the ELC, any of that stuff. You get him in games, you get him used to the NHL so he can really hit the ground running next year. I'm on board with that. Peter, the team needs to learn next man up mentality with our top scorers not producing or being injured. I would agree with that, especially on the special teams, RJ, because again, power play just does not look the same without Schwartzy in there. And that's a problem they got to figure out. Right. And, uh, and with that also, like you get other guys having opportunities too. like Yanni Gord's yep. not on the power play. He is all the time. Like take advantage of that, you know, show that you deserve to stick there. Exactly. Zoe, I'm now pondering a Dunn Borgen pairing. I feel like that would not work. <laughs> it's in the category of it's so crazy. It just might work. I think. It, you know what? Look, it would be a fantastic pairing at feeding the transition going up the ice. When they weren't in a position to do that, things would be rough, though. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Dunn and Borgen have the same shot. You'd not pair them together from light. I, my concern would be more so on the back end. Otherwise, I think, you know, Borgen plays uh, in the offensive zone similar to Larson, RJ. Right. Like I think Vince Dunn would be able to set up Borgen on the, some of those activated situations just because Larson does a lot of those same things. Yeah. In the offensive zone, I love it. I think they work really well together as a pair in that part of the ice. It's just the D zone where there might be issues. Yep. Uh, DDB with the super chat here. Really appreciate that. Thanks for the stream, guys. Better days are ahead. Definitely. Let's go, Kraken. Let's go, Tips. Silver Tips fan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, hey, they're they're pretty hot to start the season. They are, they are. Uh, not quite as hot as the Portland Winterhawks, but just saying. Oh, come on, Dylan. <laughs> come on, why? I, I have to. I'm like legally obligated forever. Um, <laughs> yes, but I, no, seriously, appreciate the super chat, and it is better days are ahead. Whether it's this season or future seasons, whether it's watching Shane Wright down at the at the Coachella Valley uh, level, right? Like, there's there's always good stuff going on. That is one of the benefits of this organization. Is even if the the NHL club RJ isn't quite playing at the highest levels, we got tons and tons of great prospects that are all playing really well and certainly the firebirds always seem to play well so that's good stuff um yeah. if you ever feel like the future is not bright go watch a firebirds game 
Definitely. Definitely. Alan, last question for me. Hack hasn't changed so far in his playbook. What are you, what are both of your feelings that he scraps the old and tries something brand new, not just shaking up the lines? I think you're going to start seeing that. And he has, he has to an extent, right? Like I pointed it out back when they went on that little win streak, I pointed it out tonight about them going back to attacking in the low slot, really bunching up and trying to get high percentage chances in and around the crease. That has never been the Hackstall Kraken like strategy or MO. And so I think we are seeing Hackstall start to do some of those things. Yeah. And also like shifting to the, the volume shooting mentality, like sometimes it overload almost like how many shots they're putting on net, but that's something certainly that he's addressed to kind of change the mentality of the team after they weren't scoring enough, you know, the shoot the bleep and puck kind of thing. Um, but any kind of larger systems also just do take time to implement. And it's really hard to do that on the road. That is true. Um, Light, I do wonder how a Dunn and Alexi, how Dunn and Alexiak would look. <sighs> Play the I, same. It's yeah. Both lefties. Yeah. I don't it, love it. Uh yeah. You know what though? That would be that would be a very physical group. That would be a very physical bunch right there. Yeah. You couldn't mess with either of them like down, you know, you'd you'd get punished. Probably more so from Dunn, weirdly enough. I, I feel that, right? I feel like he would he that he would definitely use that as an opportunity. Uh Rob see where's the dog, Dylan? Always good for therapy. She is here. Here she is. Oh, Here's there she Afra. is. I think Afra deserves a treat. You do. You 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 are very good spending time with me through that Kraken game. Yes, you were, as always. The goodest girl. That's a big, oh, that's a big treat. That's a big frosted treat right there. Yeah, that wow. was really big coming out. Uh, there you go. Enjoy that for all of us, uh, Afra. That was a that was a big cookie. Uh, let's see. Bach, put Joey on the power play. Hey, he works on those one-timers at the end of warmups every time. Did you see that when you were at home, Dylan? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, that. Must yeah, be no, fun. he'll he'll get fed one-timers at the end of warmups. He's like one of the last two guys on the ice, and he'll have like usually McCann or someone just feed him one-timers that he'll take from the from the dot. So he works on it. Yeah, no, that does sound great. Light with the super chat. I'll super chat to echo the sentiment. The Firebirds are super fun to watch. It's why I'd kind of love to see Dan coach up here. Lol. Look, from a media side of things, RJ, and I know you'd be on board. We'd with all this. love it. Love to have Dan Bilesville up there as a coach. Like he's just so much fun to to talk to, and and just I mean, he's so nice. He's just a wonderful human being. Everybody like on top of being a good hockey coach, all that stuff. Dan Bilesville is just one of the best human beings I've ever met. It's awesome. Um. Nicole, all forward power play. I mean, why not? Like other teams have run with it sometimes. Like I think it could be worth trying potentially. Yeah. The analytics tell you you should do it. Allison would love it. That's true. That is very true. Um, uh, Coop going at the opposite direction of uh, with Joey there. Chain Joey to the goalpost so he can't leave the crease. Lol. They got to pull a Goldberg, RJ. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just keep uh, him in the net um let's see uh ddb dylan we cooked the hawks with six unanswered goals our last homestand seriously though they're good uh yeah you could bring that up you gave a super chat i'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> so those are the rules um does not making any moves during the season leave too much to do in the off season from bridge man rj no, I think you have a lot of flexibility in the offseason, regardless of what you do. Look, if the Kraken really do bottom out and it's clear they're not going to make the playoffs by the deadline, yeah, you've got to trade away some of the pending UFAs. That's just what you have to do to get some assets back if they're not going to help you this year. Um, but other than that, everything they need to do can wait till the offseason. Definitely. And uh, Robert, that Alex Petrangelo of the Golden Knights is pretty good. Is he available? 
No. Unfortunately. <laughs> Not until the contract becomes an albatross and then you don't want it. Exactly. That's how the Vegas Golden Knights work. Um, all right, everybody. I think that's going to do it for us uh, for tonight. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks for making this a good experience, even after uh, you know another disappointing result at the end of this road trip. Just really appreciate all of you, all the super chats, all the love. It's It really, really does mean a lot. Yeah, thank you, everyone. I mean, it's amazing to see over 100 people in here, you know, after a, a five game losing streak, you know, a game like that. It just, you know, it it, uh, it really makes my day. Yeah, absolutely. And and makes me really happy going into my beer league game that I'm going to leave for soon at KCI. How do you guys do this? How do you play games this late? I guess it's not too late. This is an early game, Dylan. It's a nine o'clock yeah. start. This is an early one. That's a very early game. I, this is why I don't play beer league, everybody. I'm I'm a morning person. I can't do that stuff. Uh, that's okay, though. I've got my own work cut out for me because I'm assuming there's going to be lots of sprinkles and crumbs. I'm going to have to dig out of my bed here uh, before I'm going to be able to go yeah. to sleep as Afro works on the street. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, everybody. Deep dive tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, one last shout out to Flatstick Pub for sponsoring us again one last look at the at the record leaderboard there everybody you think over the nine holes i bet someone in chat can beat that i think people can beat that yes you can go beat uh king sizzle and maddie ice looks like are the are the people there to challenge <laughs> uh, so everybody go check out that uh that uh, flat stick pub location south lake union location lots of fun stuff i'll keep showing off pictures as we go and uh we'll see you all next time <laughs>